There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. We have Robbie Greenfield in the studio. He's here to talk about F1 football ten, and tennis. I certainly am. <laughs> yes. So, Robbie, Shall I proceed? Let's, let's start with the F1. <laughs> let's start indeed with the F1. Drama over at Belgium uh, yesterday in the Belgian Grand Prix at the Spa-Francorchamps track. Uh, it's usually a very exciting race is the Belgian Grand Prix and, and yesterday very much lived up to that billing. We saw a massive crash involving Nico Hülkenberg, the perpetrator, um, driving into the back of Fernando Alonso, whose race was over. Charles Leclerc caught up in it as well. All of them, thankfully, uninjured, but they were very thankful of the new technology for the cars because when looking at the footage and seeing it all in slow motion, the halo, that new device or that new kind of um, structure that's been built in around the drivers that was quite controversial at the start of the season in terms of being a bit of an eyesore. Some of the purists thought that it detracted from the the aesthetic beauty of the car, but uh, it did its job in that crash yesterday because uh, both or all three of them, Hülkenberg, Alonso and Charles Leclerc, were, were able to walk away unscathed from a very dramatic clash. Alonso went airborne yeah, uh, across the track. It was uh, it was it's a quite incredible the level of safety they can they can achieve at those speeds given what happened and and given the the nature of the collision that yeah. they could all just get up out of their cars and walk off and do press interviews just moments afterwards. But they were saying, you know, very very lucky. I mean, the the pictures just, it's crazy. You could be talking about someone losing a very vital part of their Absolutely. body. Absolutely, yeah. So they've, you know. Crazy. And, and um, Fernando Alonso left it uh, in no uncertain terms as to what he thought of the manoeuvre by Nico Hülkenberg, who apparently braked quite a few seconds too late to do anything about it. Mm. And uh, But... His record is fairly unblemished as a in terms in terms of someone who has a, a you know a good track record of of driving in a in a right and proper manner. Yeah. There's various others. Had this been Max Verstappen, I think a lot more fingers would be pointing in his direction and, and a lot more blame would be levied towards him. But Nico Hülkenberg has a good reputation, and I think this was just a one-off. But as for the race itself, well, it was a chance for Sebastian Vettel to cut into the lead of Lewis Hamilton, and he did just that. He overtook the Briton, the fourth time champion on that first lap before the safety car came out and as soon as he managed to get ahead of Lewis Hamilton that extra speed that the Ferraris have had over the course of the last well, three races now told in a in, in a race that was dominated and controlled by the German driver so Vettel won so he's cut his lead to 17 points Hamilton's lead in the title race and in third place was Max Verstappen and his Red Bull so it's Hamilton 231 points Vettel 214 it's a two-horse race mm. for the championship NLT with Kimi Raikkonen way back down on 146 points and Valtteri Bottas, his compatriot in the uh, the other Mercedes, way back down in 144. But for Lewis Hamilton and Ferrari, given the fact that Vettel should have won in Germany, should have won in Hungary, yeah. but Hamilton was able to pull it out of the bag, it's actually quite concerning. This time last year, Hamilton got the momentum and he had the quicker car. That's not the case yeah. this season. Very much uh, the quicker car is uh, is with the Ferraris. Hamilton has acknowledged that that uh, that fact. He said, you know, it's been clear that they've had the edge on us in terms of pace for the last at least the last three races and through the summer break. So, be very interesting to see if Hamilton, with that 17 point advantage, can can conjure up some magic and, and ward off Vettel. But it promises to go down to the wire this one. Who who would you guess, Robbie, if you had to at this stage? Well, I mean. 
you've you've got to go with the guy who's seventeen points clear. Beca- yeah. Because uh, you know Hamilton has a very good track record of of not just when he's if he's not winning races he's finishing on the podium and and that that's he can uh, lose a bit of focus though can't he you know that's the only so can Vettel yeah I guess so that's the I guess thing so. And, and that's what happened last year Vettel yeah. Vettel lost the plot in those in Singapore he crashed off the track he, tail end he, yeah he, uh, Abu Dhabi yeah the kind of Asian swing he he had a he had a he had a really tough time so let's just hope we get the title on the line in Abu Dhabi. It's exciting. It's more exciting when we can see that. It's great fun, isn't it? Definitely, because last year we we didn't get that and it was somewhat anticlimactic. But it looks like it will go down to the wire this time around and uh, I'm sure it'll be nip and tuck um, all the way to the season finale right here in Abu Dhabi. But that is the Formula One NLT. Let us move swiftly on to the football. (laughs) And, uh, of course, the return of Monday Night Football. I'm excited because our... Our footballing anorak extraordinaire, Chris McCarty, is back in the building. Yes, I did talk that up, actually. I said, Chris is back, Robbie's here to do the sport, but you'll have the pleasure of both of them this evening. That's right. So it'll be our first show together in five and a half weeks. Amazing. I can't so wait for the sparks to, to fly. We're very excited about arguing <laughs> relentlessly about football for the, for the two hours. And I know that's going to happen because I know we differ fundamentally on uh, on a certain point, a certain contentious issue which emerged from that Chelsea-Newcastle game, which Chelsea ultimately won 2-1 at St. James's Park. Get this, Newcastle had 19% of the possession. No. And mainly, I would imagine, that was just clearing balls yeah. <laughs> that, were, that were ricocheting off those players because they camped, they set up shop in their own penalty box but, and played with the most negative approach as Chelsea just came forward and tried to pick them apart. It was not a match to be enjoyed by the neutrals. It was probably a match that Newcastle fans were watching through their fingers. Yeah. Chelsea fans were very frustrated up until that point where they made the, the breakthrough. Um, but ultimately, it was an own goal that uh, that decided it. Marco Alonso. Marcus Alonso's shot took a deflection off uh, Deandre Yedlin and um, it ultimately finished 2-1 after Newcastle had equalised in, in, a, in a kind of shocking way given the fact that uh, Chelsea had been so dominant in this match. But um, well, Sky Sports pundit Jamie Redknapp labelled the defensive tactics an embarrassment in this match. Let's hear what Rafa Benitez had to say about those tactics. Our problems are the same problems that we have before the summer. So the players that we have, they have some characteristic and then you have to manage uh, as much as you can what they have to maximise uh, every game, the performance of our players. It's one of those ones where, and this has been mentioned a lot on the, the, the various punditries that were taking place after the match, it, it, the tactics are justified, but only if you get a result. Yeah. If you play in that style and then get beaten, and, and ultimately they were unlucky to lose. They almost pulled it out of the bag. It was a little bit unlucky the way they conceded that second goal. But to to offer the fans a a torrid afternoon, you know, it's just, you know, you you look at Wolves against Manchester City adopting a much more positive approach and a a much more, I wouldn't say necessarily expansive style of football, but they they went and they they, they played with a a kind of, um, not cavalier, but a sense of adventure that Newcastle simply didn't have. And Benitez can point to the lack of personnel, but that's not going to do anything for the morale of that team. And it'll be I, interesting to see how they take things going forward. I think uh, Man City were intimidated by the Molyneux. I've been before. Oh, you're really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Fortress Molyneux. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like so, you know, if you, if, you, if you stand on the other side of the road, you can see the football. It's like so different to anything what, what else. What brought you to the Molyneux Stadium? Just My cousins interest. live in Wolverhampton. Ah, OK. So, yeah. I've been to quite a lot of football grounds, All right, actually. No, so, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, sorry I asked. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> you said it defensively. Might be. <laughs> 
You've won a lot of football grounds, have not you? Yeah, I have actually, Robbie Greenfield. <laughs> I won't ask you to lift them, uh, list them. You've probably been to more than I have. But, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how Newcastle kind of respond to uh, to all that criticism. Rafa Benitez, as was mentioned on, uh, on, the, on the coverage last night, has the skin as thick as a rhino. And yet. So he is unlikely to, uh, to bend to any criticism of his team's tactics. And speaking of a man with thick skin, what about tonight's big game? Manchester United taking on Tottenham Hotspur. It's a game you can listen to live right here on Dubai 103.8 from 11pm. The backstory to this is that Tottenham go to Manchester United having been beaten how many times? out of their last five trips, all five is the answer. They've only scored one goal, NLT, but this could be the perfect time for Tottenham to go and face Manchester United. There is an air of negativity hanging over that, uh, that football club. Jose Mourinho has been cutting not just a dejected, but a tetchy an irritable figure, as he claims people who comment on the situation <laughs> have no idea what they're talking about. If you write what you supposedly know, I don't know why you have to ask questions about it because you know everything. And unless you have uh, mini drones that we can look at them, I don't know how do you know everything when you look like you don't know a lot. <laughs> we, we are two games in and, let, and I am so thoroughly sick of all this. It's I've, just, it's utterly joyless. So unless you have mini drones to mm. look at exactly what's going on, yeah. unless you look to Mourinho that you know what's going on also, you should not comment on it, essentially. The man can barely say a line that isn't dripped in sarcasm. It's it's uh, Unless you have drones. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, well, uh, I I'd, love to, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the journalists uh, getting get the old drone going above the, the training grounds at Carrington. That would be good. But uh, no, I mean, uh, look... It's clearly Manchester United and Jose Mourinho are, if if things do not turn around quickly on the pitch and, and they need to start really with, with beating Tottenham and that will present its own challenges. But the track record is right there for everyone to see. Tottenham have not had a happy time at Old Trafford in recent, uh, in recent seasons. So you'd, you'd think that if Manchester United turn up tonight and that they play well, they will be favourites to beat Tottenham, despite the fact that Tottenham have made a, a flawless start to this new season. That being said, if Tottenham are able to get a win, just the pressure will mount and it will grow and grow. And, and there's just no coming back from this. Mourinho has set his stall out. And uh, usually when we see this, it, it all ends in, in an acrimonious parting of the ways between yeah. football club and manager. And it would be a, a shock to no one if Jose Mourinho left before the end of the season. And, and already we're talking about this two games in. He's bringing a lot of that on himself. He can yeah. take a totally different attitude. His he approach could... is upsetting a lot of people. A lot of people I know um, back home are just sort of saying, I'm not even going to Old Trafford until he leaves now. There's a real, there's a real antipathy from, yeah. the, from the fans of Manchester United, I think. It's going to be that, that it's Man growing. United fans TV now, next. Well, well it's just, uh, you know, on, on the pitch, they play a turgid brand of football. We know that. Mourinho's antidote to that has always been, hang on a minute, I, I get results. I'm a manager for the here and now. You give me the players I need, I'll get you the results. That's basically his, his modus operandum since he first burst on the scene as a manager of Porto. The difference here with Manchester United is that Ed Woodward, having given him a contract extension yeah. midway through last season, for no apparent reason, has then failed to back him in the transfer market, has, has effectively lost faith in Mourinho's ability to do what Mourinho is supposed to do, which is win trophies. Mourinho has had his back put up by this and they're at loggerheads. Despite the fact that they are refusing to acknowledge that, they, they clearly are and that there's huge issues there. And 
there's only one way this is all ending in tears and uh, certainly not Mourinho's, but he will waltz off with a massive payout. Yeah. And uh, I just don't see a happy ending there at Manchester United. No doubt that one will be debated with Chris a little bit later as an avid Manchester United fan. But let's have a listen to what Mauricio Pochettino believes that how, how the, this game will go. He's under no illusion as to how difficult the match tonight will be. That is going to be a massive challenge because we are going to face a team that is, uh, is very good. Uh, um, have unbelievable player and, and of course to play in Old Trafford always is not, uh, not easy. So that and a lot more football to come between mm. now or between not now, seven and nine o'clock on Monday Night Football. We'll be debating all the major talking points, not just in the Premier League, but also on the continent, La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga as well. So do tune in if you like your football to that one. We'll move quickly, though. I know we're running out of time, NLT, but we'll move on to the tennis. That gets underway today. The US Open at Flushing Meadows, the 50th anniversary of the Open Era of Tennis. Back in 1968, they opened their doors to professional players. The U.S. National Tennis Championship became the U.S. Open, and it is the 50th anniversary of that event. So kind of a special year yeah. for the U.S. Open tennis and a pretty um, a pretty enticing-looking order of play for later on the, the, the two stadium courts, Arthur Ashe and the Louis Armstrong court, opening things up at 8 p.m. UAE time, a rematch of that Wimbledon match that took place a little earlier on this summer, Stan Wawrinka, taking on Grigor Dimitrov. How unlucky for the 8th seed Grimitov that he's, he's got to play Stan Vavrinka, who beat him at Wimbledon yet again at the US Open. Following that, we'll get Svet, Svetlana Kuznetsova taking on Venus Williams, a Williams double because Serena Williams follows her uh, against Magda Lynette and the number one seed, the defending champion, Rafa Nadal, playing David Ferrer last on the Arthur Ashe court. Over on the Louis Armstrong Stadium court, you've got top seed on the women's side. Simona Halep plays Kai Kanepi. Andy Murray takes on James Duckworth. And then the defending women's champion, Sloane Stephens, she will play Evgenia Rodina last up on the Louis Armstrong court. Easy for you to say. I'm glad I didn't have to say all those tennis names. Very difficult. Before we let you go, Robbie, last word? Sure. The last word. Rush hour traffic comes to a halt over ducks on road. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a pretty good idea what that might be. Well, <laughs> this is one of the easier, one of the easier lost words. So, what do, what word do you think was was supposed to be missing? Um, I'm going to go with ducks. Okay. I, I, I mean, uh, you know, I'm just just putting my neck out there. <laughs> Well, you'll have to stay tuned to find out. Yeah, yeah. let us know what you think on 4001. Okay, Robbie Greenfield for now. Thank you very much. Thank you. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcast at DubaiEye1038.com.